everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality, the self, the deep down basic whatever there is, and you're all that, only you're pretending you're not. Who we are is not this physical body that we're in that is here for a moment and gone. Who we are is this infinite intelligence, and we forget that. The same intelligence that, is, that created this infinite universe that never ends is you. And those of us seeking a way to transform life, to capture fulfillment in every now moment, to redefine our reality to live this life to its fullest. This is the Live This Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Heath Cummings. I'm here to inspire you to ask yourself the question every single day. Are you living or are you killing time? Today, I would like to welcome the amazing Dimple Thakbar to the show. Dimple is an elite Actually, no, the elite alignment <laughs> coach for executives, global brands, corporations, and CEOs. And she focuses on raising consciousness that creates amazing affiliations with the people she works with. She is also specially trained in cognitive behavioral therapy and neuro linguistic programming, NLP, and neuro rehab. Actually, she's also a neuro rehab specialist and ensures the success of her methodology by employing these into her coaching practice. She has been featured all over the place. She's been on BBC, Good Housekeeping, HuffPost, to name a few, and has been featured on the Tony Robbins podcast. And she really delivers massive value to those who are privileged enough to hear her message. She is also the best-selling author of several books, and her latest is The Roadmap to Purpose, a guide for men who, quote, have it all. So on top of all that, actually, she also has an amazing story about how she took her marriage from the brink of divorce to transform it into something amazing and inspiring. And I think every person out there, every couple or anybody who's engaged in a romantic relationship can take advice from her amazing story. So I want to welcome you, Dimple, to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you so much, Heath, for having me. I'm so excited. So am I. Before we hit record, we were talking and I was saying this is one of the episodes that I was just so excited to get you on here because you have an amazing story. But I also know this is probably going to be the first of a series of times we have you on the show because you have so much knowledge contained in all that is dimple. So I'm so pleased <laughs> to have you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. We first crossed paths, I think, on Clubhouse. I think you were actually in a room and I just heard you speaking on so many different amazing points of wisdom. And I'm like, we definitely have to connect. <laughs> I have to, to, to hear everything that you have to say. So I'm so pleased. Thank you. Clubhouse is amazing, right? You get to, it, I, I feel like Clubhouse is a, a place where um, you energetically pull people in. It's so easy to access the people you need there, right? It's like so many coincidences and synchronicities. So I love it. And you just get in these rooms with other amazing people who have yes. just these like-minded thoughts and then you just reverberate off of each other. Have you tried Wisdom, the Wisdom app yet? Have you been no, on there? No, that, no. That's almost like it's Clubhouse, but instead of a whole room full of people, you have a whole bunch of people that can tune in and listen, but then only two people end up on stage like what we have right now. So it's only two nice. people talking at a time. So it gets to be more of an intimate conversation. So definitely we'll have to, once the episode's over, we'll have to talk about that a little bit. Okay. Great. 
So before we dive too deep, I'd like to ask everybody we have come on the show the same question. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to live your best life according to Dimple? Oh, wow. What a brilliant question. So for me, what it means to live my best life is when I can wake up every morning and have gratitude, love, and compassion in my heart and joy, right? When that that is my go-to, when that is my norm and then everything else just flows from there so and you know it sounds very woo-woo and that yeah I want all the the nice stuff I want I want the nice house and the nice car and the nice handbags and the shoes and all of the things and I have all of those because I wake up consciously with gratitude love and joy in my heart right like I wake up every morning now and because there was a time when I never, when the first thing I did when I woke up was think about all the things that were, were aching in my body, were not right and, and was not right with my relationship and was not, you know, I'd lay next to my husband and go, who is this man? Like, does, what is he doing with his life? And I, it would all be a... a series of criticism and I'd be criticizing me and my body and what I'm doing and and now I consciously wake up and the first thing I do is thankful just gratitude for this moment right and then I lay next to my man and I thank him for this day he chose to walk with me and so for me that's living my best life that is living in gratitude and and not taking it for granted. One day you might not want to choose to live and walk this life with me. But for today, I'm grateful he did. And today right. I'm grateful I chose to, right? So that for me- have to be grateful for all those choices that we make that bring the things that are worth being grateful for into our lives. And gratitude is like the most important way to really express appreciation for everything you have. It's probably one of the best answers to that question that I've gotten, by the way. It was a really good <laughs> really? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Heath. And, and it grounds me. It, it centers me. It, it really sets my day up, right, for the like, – then it doesn't matter what happens in the day. You know, Tony Robbins talks about priming your day. That, mm. for me, is my priming. And then, and then I, I start the day with the meditation – like that's the first thing my husband and I do. We start the day with the meditation. Sometimes we do it together. Sometimes we don't even speak. We just do it separately, right? Um, and and there are odd days that we don't. And you can guarantee our day doesn't go to plan. But again, mm. that's a practice that I've had to practice to understand the value of it. Right? Yeah, meditation's added some of the most valuable insight in my life. You know, I don't think I'd be able to, to do what I do on a daily basis and have the understanding and patience that I have. I mean, I don't have the, <laughs> I don't have much patience to be honest at all, but it would, I would hate to see what it would be like without having that tool and, you know, adding gratitude into that. You, it's hard to approach any day in your life with anything of a grateful mindset and expect good things to come out of it. You know, mm -hmm. it's, when you go into your day with a mindset of gratitude, no matter what else happens through the day, you've already set the tone. And I even 
end my day the same way. I sort of bookend the day and I have a journal nice. where I have half a page where I write what I was grateful for to start the day and what I was grateful for to end the day. And I read nice. the ending before I write the beginning of the next day. And it nice. just, it keeps you in that constant perpetual motion of that. And yeah. it's so valuable. So good, right? So it's- hearing you talking about the relationship that you have with your husband, and I think that was what the room was themed on, or at least that's what you were talking about when we had connected first. And I followed you since then. We've had conversations since then off the microphone and you have an amazing story about where you had come from in your relationship. And that really hit center with me because I went through a very difficult time in my marriage on the brink of divorce a decade ago. And although it was different from yours, I just totally related. And I love to hear the stories about people fixing something that was broken rather than throwing it out. So I'd love you to share that part of your story to start off with, if you wouldn't mind. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, I'd love to share. Um, Well, just to to give a little bit of context, um, my husband and I, we were, we, we got together when I was quite young and he was young and we fell in love with, like, he's been my best friend all my life. And He's a serial entrepreneur. So like for those of you who are entrepreneurs or live with an entrepreneur, you understand the beast that is an entrepreneur. And one of my chapters is actually called that, the beast that is an entrepreneur in my book. And um, as I was saying, it was beautiful. It was the honeymoon stage. It was beautiful. And then... Shortly after we had our first daughter, three years into our marriage, things changed and he disappeared. It was like something in his brain switched when he became a father and he had to go out and provide. It was like 6 a.m. till midnight. Sundays he'd be selling mangoes to roofing, to all sorts, right? At the same time as me being a mother. And during that time, for the first decade of our marriage, I was the sole breadwinner because he was establishing his business. So all the money he was making was going back into his business. And I was the one with the stable income, having a family and working six days a week. And so that was pretty tough. And then we had our second child five and a half years later, and we realized that our marriage was on the rocks, that we were actually at the point of, um, when it got to our 20th wedding anniversary, we were like, you know, we're done. We're done with past the salt kind of conversation. We'd gone through the whole piece on arguing sort of the first, after the sort of around the first 10, 15 years was a constant battle. And then 15 years through to like our 20th wedding anniversary, we were numb. We were just like scratch and itch kind of intimacy, pass the salt conversation, you know, really functional conversation and talking through our children. So basically on our 20th wedding anniversary, we decided that we were going to divorce and we were planning it like a business strategy like exiting a business Mm -hmm. for our 25th wedding anniversary because that's when our children would be old enough to understand. And at this point, 
he'd then become the main breadwinner, even though I had still a successful career and a successful job. But the tables had turned in terms of financially, he was supporting us more than I was supporting. And so um, I continued with my business. And then on our 20, in our 22nd year, I, I, by sheer divine intervention and found myself at a Tony Robbins event in London, UPW. And something drew me to the platinum partner table. It was like, you know, I don't know whether you've ever had a moment in your life where you're pulled by a force bigger than you. And you know, it makes no sense whatsoever. And yet that you can't not do it. And that's what was happening. So Platinum Partners, for those of you who don't know, is an elite group of people that get invited to travel the world with Tony Robbins for 12 months. And it's costly. It's not a cheap thing. And you, but you get to go on all these events. Now, the reason I was pulled to it was because um, tw- every other year he does an event just for Platinum Partners called Relationship. And... My spirit knew that if I wasn't at that event, that was make or break for my marriage. Now, bearing in mind, I'd married my best friend. He'd been my best friend all my life. He was there the day I was born, right? We'd known each other all my life. And so I wasn't ready to throw the towel in, but I didn't know how to fix it. And, you know, I'd been coaching for like almost 20 years at that point. And not in this area, but in the area of relationship with food. So that's where I wrote my first book, which is Evidence-Based Nutrition with NLP and Mindful Eating and Intuitive Eating. And so I developed a whole concept around that. So I was very much interested in coaching around your relationship with yourself and then with your others and food. And so anyway... I signed on the dotted line. It was seven months into my business, me going solo without me having a job as well. So I'd completely burnt all the boats, 100% into my coaching business. It was doing super well, seven months in. And um, I rang my husband up on the day that I signed for Platinum Partners It was midnight, I remember it well. And I rang him and I said, babe, I've done something crazy. Please, please, please don't shout at me. Now, he doesn't shout, he just uses a tone that I cringe at, but for him it's passion, right? Men have a different volume when it comes to their voices, right? And a different tonality. And so, he um, he said to me, babe, I've been traveling the world because he just acquired a brand new business. So he was the CEO of a global business. So he'd been traveling everywhere with the different offices. He said, I'm really tired. Whatever it is, just tell me and we can deal with it. Now, bearing in mind, this is the first time I've ever been away from home without the children right? In over 20 years, I get lost going in a restroom, in a restaurant, like the girls have to come and get me, right? It's too many doors, I get lost. So um, 
with hindsight, I'm thinking he's probably thought I've had an affair, right? I'm away from home, no children. I'm happy doing this incredible event and I'm ringing him at midnight telling him I've done something crazy, Mm. right? (laughs) Anyway, basically what happened was I literally vomited out the words. I've joined something called Platinum Partners and at the time it's 75,000 US dollars. Right? It was literally a vomit of words. And I didn't realize at the time it would mean traveling the whole world by myself, right? And it would be double the cost because you have to pay for your flights and your accommodation and all that on top, right? And this was lesson number one. And it was his his response. Now, bearing in mind, this man knows that we're headed for divorce. And his response was, 22 years ago, you took a job so that I could follow my dream, he said. And so the way I see this is, this is just your turn. This is us investing in you and your business. We'll we'll make it happen. We'll find a way. What an amazing response. Like, what an amazing thing for somebody to say in a situation face with something news like that. I mean... Right? He, he might have welcomed the opposite like okay well couldn't it have been an affair you know <laughs> no but seriously that's that's an amazing thing that somebody can actually respond with such love and support i mean i just hope to be put in a similar situation someday like that to actually say that to my wife where i can support because she supported a lot of the things that i've always done similar to that and i, I it's an amazing position to be in It was just, that was lesson number one, Heath, out of the three lessons that I'm going to speak about today, right? Because that was the first lesson. He'd always shown me compassion, right? He'd always shown me empathy, Mm. right? I nearly cried. In fact, I did cry that day because I was like, wow, this selflessness just, It reminded me of the reason I married him. Mm -hmm. This man has this capacity to be generous beyond, right? And so that was the first thing. So then the next thing is that I went along to a few Platinum Partner events, and then this one was coming. This was April 2017, this conversation. And then the relationship event was October And the universe always provides an opportunity for us to grow. Some people like to call that a challenge or an Mm -hmm. obstacle, (laughs) (laughs) right? This event, relationship event, was the only event that you can bring your partner to because obviously you're working in a relationship. And it just so happened to be the exact same time as my husband's biggest trade show in his brand new company in Cannes, France, south of France. And this event was in Maui, exact same week. Of course. Of course. Right? So lesson number two, does he choose work, which is 150 people 
including his family, because he acquired the company from his family? Or does he choose love and let down his family and 150 people? Now, the story that I'd run most of our marriage was that he was having an affair. And this affair was with work. Mm. For many women who are the wives of entrepreneurs, they know what that feels like because they choose work over you and that's what it feels like, right? And he, he chose love. He didn't choose work. Lesson number two, right? He came. He had no idea who Tony Robbins was. He's never <laughs> been to an event, right? No idea. Never been to a personal development event ever, right? Hey. He's like your straightforward businessman, right? Very private, very comfortable in who he is, very confident with who he is, very focused on mission and purpose, right? By the way, we go to this event and day one is lovely. We have a great time. We sit together. It's beautiful. And on day one, Tony says, who in the room does not want to be here. And Tony puts his arm around his back as if to say, you've had your arm twisted, right? <laughs> Three people stand up and of which one of them was my husband. <laughs> this is where I know now and understand the masculine and feminine energy. I get that and how it feels in my body. And this was my first ever experience unconsciously of the absolute divide in the masculine and feminine in my body. Because one part of me was like, sit down, you idiot. You're <laughs> embarrassing me. Like, how can you stand up in front of Tony and say you don't want to be here on his event? Right. Right? So that was a masculine in me wanting to fight him. <laughs> and then there was this feminine side part of me that was like, in awe of this beautiful man who's prepared to stand up for what he believes in and he doesn't care who that's in front of, right? There was this split of absolute pride and, and attraction and, and like it was a turn on that he was standing up there, right? Mm -hmm. Face to face with Tony Robbins. And what was so beautiful was the way that Tony dealt with it. He looked at him man to man, eye to eye, and it was so magnificent to witness this mutual respect. It was like two warriors connecting, mm. right? This unspoken energy connection that was going on. Tony looked at him with honor and respect, and he said to him, all I ask of you is to keep an open mind. You can leave at any moment. And because of the way he spoke to my beautiful man, it was magical. He just said, okay, I can do that. And he sat down, right? Hmm. It was magnificent to watch. Like I'd never witnessed a man honor a man in that way before. Hmm. Right? And so he sat down and then day one went brilliant. Day two, 
well, day one evening, we had the biggest fight. And so day two, I was like, I don't want you anywhere near me. You go sit somewhere at the back. I am going to sit at the front with my friends in complete significance, right? Not my friends, me in complete significance at the front, right? And the whole day he was trying to make up. He was trying to please me. He was trying to pacify me. And when I look back now, the only way I can describe my behavior is that I was literally being the bitch from hell, (laughs) right? And I know a lot of men in the room right now can really relate to that, having experienced it. And a lot of women having gone through their awakening will understand that behavior. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand it. And actually, if somebody, if a woman had said that to me prior to my awakening, I would have been really triggered. Mm. And there's a few women that have read my book and have been really triggered. Mm. And I can understand why, because when you're not awake to your behavior, you feel you are right. Mm -hmm. And so I was basically being awful and I was in the right. Right. Because I'm perfect and I'm the coach and I brought him here because he needs fixing. Right. He's the problem. He's not done any coaching and he's no self-awareness. And, right? and, you know, it's all his fault that I'm not getting my needs met and I'm not happy because he doesn't know how to make me happy. Mm. Well, not also recognizing two really important facts. Number one, that he supported the journey that you were on in the first place. And number two, that he was there, that he chose you over the other thing. But that's so it's tough when the ego just turns the volume up and just drowns out that rational part of your mind. It's, and it takes a long time and a lot of practice to quiet that ego down in the face of two really obvious things to be grateful for. And that are obvious steps in the direction that he is trying to put the effort in. But sometimes that can be a, a billboard size sign and you still don't see it through that ego. Completely missed it. Mm. Blindsighted. You absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Heath. I completely missed it. Mm-hmm. Because I was so driven by the ego. I was so focused on being right. And there's something that I say a lot is, you know, and I've learned this. Are you choosing being right or are you choosing love today? Mm. What are you choosing? Because if you're choosing love, your focus shifts. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'd spent a decade, decades choosing being right. Not only choosing it, but proving me damn right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at the cost of him not being right and that's the other problem i had to win the only way i could win was if he was losing mm-hmm. right and so the the day went on 10 30 at night i Tony's at the back of the room. We've got Esther Perel on the screen speaking. And I commented about what she had to say. And do you know when you you stand up and there's 600 people and you say something and you realize that you've said the wrong damn thing, (laughs) right? Because the energy in the room just dropped. It was like, boom. 
And at that time, I had really short hair. It was all shaved at the back. All the hairs on the back of my neck stood up because what I felt was this sudden noise from the back of the room. And it was like, fee, fi, fo, fom. Tony, this huge giant, was pounding down the aisle. And as he pounded down the aisle, he bellowed, where is Dimple? Right? You never want to be in that situation ever. (laughs) And I can picture it in that big bellowing voice, too. He just has that really deep (laughs) vibration, right? It's big, right? And so I stood up, all five foot two and a half of my frame, (laughs) right? And he came round, and all I can describe is it was like this six foot seven horse head towered over me, right? And he started bellowing, like really like full aggression. There's platinum partners in the room that have been there for 15 years said they'd never seen him with that aggression. Wow. Right? Like full on aggression. And I have to say, I want to make it very clear at this point, there was not one ounce in my body that felt threatened or scared. Mm -hmm. I felt Tony's integrity for wanting to serve me in that moment. And I actually felt his uncomfortableness at at serving me Mm -hmm. in that way, right? So he's full on bellowing at me. And what he was actually doing was matching my masculine energy. He wasn't allowing himself to go in the feminine, which is what had been happening in my marriage. Mm. He was actually fighting me, right? Mm -hmm. He was full on coming for me, which is what I needed. Mm -hmm. I needed a mirror to show how I energetically was presenting, Mm. right? Now, here is the third and the final lesson that I learned in this whole story and the point of the story. And that is within two minutes of Tony attacking almost, but not, right? My beautiful man came from nowhere and he was puffed up. He had his chest out so big. Now he's six foot, so he's not a small guy, but Mm -hmm. compared to Tony, he's small. Mm -hmm. Right. He had his chest puffed out so big. Right. What do you think he was ready to do? He's probably ready to roll them, but it's Tony Robbins at his event. So (laughs) he was full on ready to fight. Right. And this is the drop the mic moment. This is the piece that I want it to really land because this was the moment that really shifted it for me. And it was, it took for Tony Robbins to stop what he was doing, to turn around, to look at my beautiful man and say, is this the man you're talking about not forgiving? He said, I see more courage in this man than I've ever witnessed in any part of your body. He said, he's coming here to take me down to protect you. Mm. Because nobody speaks to his woman like that. Mm -hmm. 
Now, bearing in mind, we're heading for a divorce, mm. right? And he put his arm around my man and he said, I effing love this brother, mm. right? Again, honor and respect. And here's the moment. That was the moment that I realized that the very thing that I'd wanted and desired in my whole relationship was to feel safe and protected. And that was the very thing that I hadn't seen. Because if I hadn't seen it today, when else had I not seen this beautiful man always there? He was ready to take Tony Robbins down. He had a strategy. He was going for his ankle. He was ready. And he would have. So the, the lesson in this is, what are we not seeing in our relationships? Where is our focus? It was three strikes for me to learn. And that intervention then went on for two hours with me going down on my hands and knees and begging for forgiveness because I had demasculated him. Now, he had allowed me to take his balls as well. It's not a one-way street. Okay? So I'm not... Mm -hmm. I, you know, I often get accused of, you know, disempowering women. It's not about that. It's about seeing it as it is. It's about seeing the truth. It's about taking radical responsibility for yourself. He took responsibility for allowing me to be in that position. I took responsibility for taking advantage of that position. Right. And that was mm -hmm. the moment that we started the journey of healing. Now, is my marriage perfect? No. We celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary this year. Congratulations. Thank you. And so it's every year after that 25th is a bonus. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I've heard the story before, but I absolutely love it. There's just, there's so many things I want to touch on. And one of the, the most poignant ones is that, especially with, I guess, couples of more traditional upbringings or traditional examples that they followed. So, I mean, I'm not sure what sort of examples you followed as far as parental relationships or things that you've seen. Yeah. But, I mean, I would consider myself a, a very traditional type person. I mean, definitely progressive in certain aspects, too, very middle of the road. But I definitely don't believe in someone has to be the leader of the dance. I feel like it's a, it's a push and pull. Like it, the dance of a marriage has to have someone leading at different times than others. And on top of that, part of that dance is letting the man express his feminine as well as his masculine and vice versa. And mm. whenever any one of those things goes out of balance, you start stepping on each other's feet during that dance, you know, mm. and it happens. I've, I've had it happen myself. And one going back to the beginning of your story, one of the same things I see happen over and over is that provider thing that happens with men when they get into their relationships and they, whether they're married or not, they get into that mindset where they have to be a provider. And the next thing you know, that's the only thing that matters. They're only providing. They're only doing work and doing what they feel like they need to while maybe the wife is at home and they're bringing up kids or whatever it is. And that just leads to so much imbalance because it, it 
goes on for so long. It just, it goes on and on. And often the thing that stops it is when the relationship hits that brick wall where that whole thing doesn't work anymore. Mm. And I just, I've seen that so many times and it's, it's just so interesting to hear how I sort of picture that as a nosedive in, in my opinion. And it's, it's interesting to hear what happens to bring it out of the nosedive for the people who actually make it out of that nosedive. And in your case, it was this whole incident, right? It was this entire, this entire circumstance, which never would have happened if you didn't say yes. And it never would have happened if he didn't say yes as well, not only to support you, but say, yes, I'm going to be there. Obviously you both subconsciously, maybe consciously or subconsciously wanted this whole thing to work out the way that it did. It couldn't have worked out any other way because it turned into this beautiful story and this awesome outcome. And I'm just so happy for you that, you know, you've, you've made it past that year of where you were described, you know, you were planning on being divorced a year ago. And it's, it's just, I love hearing people's success when it comes to their marriage, especially when kids are involved, but hearing people move through these things gives other people in tough spots hope. It gives them some sort of a script to try to follow in whatever way that's meaningful to them. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And something that, as you were talking about providing really, um, something I wanted to emphasize for men is that this, this desire to provide is so innate. So it's not, um, if I can pre-frame it for some of you, that would really support your marriages. If you're going through this right now, where this, like my husband was obsessive about providing, like literally he'd be out at work at six till midnight, seven days a week. Right. And his only frame of reference for providing, because we come from a, um, a background of refugees. We came to England, we're Indian. We came to England as refugees. He, he was born in Africa and we, he's witnessed packing up overnight and starting again here. So we have that survival. We will survive anything through hard work instinct. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he was into that heritage of instinct of providing financially. And what I would like to invite men to think about is that actually you can provide emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that commodity of you providing emotionally has a higher value for your woman than the commodity of finances. Like we need both. I'm not saying we don't because the finances open access to things, right? But I work with men who have missed this trick and they're in their 40s and their 50s and they come to me and they have financial everything. So they're wealthy on the outside and poor on the inside Mm. because they missed how to support emotionally. Right. So they come to me going, what's the point? What what am I here to do? Like, it's great having all this money, but I've nobody to share it with or whoever I've got to share it with doesn't want to share it with me anymore. Right. So I, I would, you know, invite men to consider because 
one of the chapters in my book, I talk about the currency, the difference between men and women and their currencies and their exchange of energy is what I'm basically talking about. And men's exchange of energy is facts. Mm. So when we communicate with a man, they're looking for the facts of the situation, which is why sometimes when you're having a conversation and telling a story, like when I tell this story, my man will interrupt me a few times because they're not the facts. <laughs> right? And he can't help it. That isn't actually what happened. I'm telling the story to emanate the feelings. I'm not overly concerned about the facts. This is how I felt it in my body. Mm-hmm. So my currency is feelings. So if, as a man, if you can gift her what she desires in her currency, which is feelings, which is emotions, and provide her with your presence, that, my friends, will go, like, that will be worth trillions to her. More than any handbags, any diamonds, any all of the above. <laughs> right. It's like the facts... And emotions are almost two different poles of each other. If you think about it, you know, the masculine and feminine, they're two different poles of something. And it's almost like the facts and emotions are two different poles of each other too. I I come from a bit of a legal background in my previous careers. And it's like, when you're in legal stuff, it's, we're not concerned on the emotions. We don't want to hear about emotions. We want facts to determine circumstance. And those are two very opposite poles of each other. And when you're in those mindsets i mean even you just saying you know he was interested in the facts while you're interested in the in the emotions you have to understand his point of view is to paint that beautiful picture of what was happening at that time you need to understand that he's not six four he's six five actually you know or whatever it was you know there's different portions of that that are more important than than certain emotions but understanding other people's perspectives I think is the biggest solution to a lot of these types of circumstances Mm. and the disagreements and the disconnects that happen for everybody, you know, in my own personal relationship with my wife, she is a very, um, she likes to plan. And I'm someone who's moved into more of a mindset. Who's like, just go with the flow a little bit more, you know, whatever unfolds unfolds. But I mean, she, in her defense, very much has to set up a lot of logistics for a lot of things that happens in our life. So my whimsical, you know, kind of go with the flow that doesn't quite work when you need to worry about who's house sitting the animals, who's taking care of the kids when there's trips to be planned and all that. So, you know, it's just a balance to understand where everybody's coming from. And that goes into your regular life too, with every person that you encounter and trying to put yourself in the perspective that they're in and it's just something I think we can all value from is putting ourselves in other people's shoes just to, for a moment, try and understand where they're coming from. 100%. And I 100% agree with you that it's about every single relationship. It's not just about your intimate ones. It's the ones with your children. It's the ones with your work colleagues. You know, I often work with people on all their relationships Because when you understand the fundamentals of putting yourself in their shoes, when you understand the fundamentals of differences between men and women and how their brains operate differently, Mm. right? So when I'm talking to my husband and he's correcting me with facts, I don't feel like 
and being corrected anymore because that's his perception of the world. Now, if I want to have a conversation and I don't want him to correct me with the facts, I have to pre-frame that, mm-hmm. right? So I have to say to him, babe, this is a feelings conversation, not a facts. So lay down your tools <laughs> to find the facts or the problem. Very I just true. need you to listen. <laughs> and I do it in a play, but I just need you to listen. Just listen to me, babe. All I want you to do is listen. Just look at me and listen to me. And then at the end, I might ask, what do you think? And if I ask, I'd love you to tell me then. Mm -hmm. Right? And I do it in a like that, a joyful, playful, silly way. Because firstly, I, I don't want it to be too serious. And secondly... I want him to understand my needs in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I want to let him off the hook. Like, it's so hard for men. They are constantly looking for the damn problem so they can fix it. Right. right. right? You're trying to find a hammer big enough to fix the problem. Right? And, like, I don't know whether you've ever seen that video with the woman with the nail in her head. No. And, and there's a video on YouTube. You have to just find it. There's a woman with a nail in her head and she's having a conversation with her man and she's going, I have such a bad headache. I've got such a pain in my neck, in my head. And she's got a nail right in her head, right? And uh, the guy goes, well, you've got a nail in your head. And she went, I I don't need you to tell me that. (laughs) Like, I just got a pain. It feels really bad in my head and it's snagging on my jumpers and and this whole conversation, right? And he's going, got a nail in your head. <laughs> I need to get the nail out of your head, right? And it's hilarious because halfway through, he suddenly goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, it must feel awful, that. And she stops getting agitated and she goes, yeah. Oh, thanks, babe. Thanks for understanding. And she goes to kiss him and hits her nail on his <laughs> Goes out. And it's a comedy, right? Yeah. It's, it's a brilliant sketch. You should just that I'm gonna just, try and find it now. Yeah. It's called Woman with Nail in the Head. It's like it literally be hard to find. I, mean, I can't imagine the variations of it, but I know I'll find the right one when I see it. Yeah, you will. You will <laughs> Honestly, it's just oh. Hilarious. And that basically is what we're talking about. Yeah. This is one of the fundamentals in communication. The number of times women say, I don't feel heard. And he says, I heard a word, every word you said, because he has heard the facts. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's dive into your book a little bit, um, because I definitely want to talk about that before we wrap things up in a bit. But the roadmap to purpose, a guide for men who have it all. What was the the inspiration behind this one? Now, this just this just came out, correct? It just came out this month. It, it comes out on the 19th of November. Oh, so we're not even we haven't even it hasn't even out yet. So no, soon to I be released. The name yet, but so you're getting a sneaky preview of the name as well. So nice. yeah. Yeah, soon to be released. Um, yeah, it comes out on the 19th of November, um, International Men's Day, and it's a book for men. 
for men who have it all in inverted commas. And it's very much um, was downloaded in the middle of the night. Um, all the stories and the tools and the strategies that I support my, you know, multimillionaire clients through on, you know, they come to me with things like, Dimple, I'm lost. I feel like, you know, I think of all the things I've done mm -hmm. and yet I don't think I know where I'm going. I'm lost and empty, right? And so, like, and the book is very much different chapters on, you know, the, the different currencies that we use because often the, the lost feeling is because they haven't really understood themselves and their desire for, they have success, they've mastered the science of success, but they haven't mastered the art of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of guilt and shame around previous relationships. So the book is designed to support men around their roadmap to purpose and to heal and resolve all the stories and the relationship issues that they've had, problems that they've had in the past, um, and communication. Is the, is the other piece on in there. So it's very much a, a book on strategy. There's lots of actionable things that you can do in there entwined with, as you can guess, I love to tell story. So mm -hmm. entwined with stories, not just mine, but of my clients and their results as a result of actioning some of the strategies. So there's very much space in there to write. Um I'm so proud of it because as we were discussing, it was downloaded at 4 a.m. most mornings. Um, literally, it took me a year to the date that it's being published mm -hmm. to write. And I remember the first time I started writing it, I was in Spain and I knew I had to write a book. And 3 a.m. in the morning, spirit woke me up. Get up. Right. Really? Now? Get up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you need to start writing. And it was a strong voice. And um, I said, okay, the men need to hear this and the women need to learn. Mm -hmm. And so I got my laptop out and I'm literally sat on the terrace with the ocean in front of me, it was a full moon and the moon there coming up in daylight. And I was writing for four hours solid. And that's every morning then that's what happened. So that's, and as I was saying to you, then I went back to edit the book and I was reading it like it was the first time I was reading it. And I'm like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. So I, you know, I talk about, all the different phases of a relationship, all the different phases of the life cycle of a man. I talk about the four decision areas, centers in the, in the male body and the outcome of where you make those decisions from, um, the three different um, outcomes that can occur when you don't understand 
the dynamics of a relationship, three S's, I call them, my three S's, there's so much, so much in there. I, I'm just, I'm so proud of what's come through me and I'm so grateful for all the people that take the time to read this. Like it's an honour and a privilege and I feel I've I've literally put energy and potency in the words. So the words have a vibration as they lift off the page. And um, it's interesting because I had some female beta readers and some of the feedback was so mixed. Some women were triggered and other women were like, oh my God, not only do men need to know these secrets about women, but women need to know them because they're not aware. Like I learned so much about myself, right? Right. So, and and I think because it's written for men, but in the perspective of a woman, mm-hmm. that's what's really, it's got an interesting twist because men get to see it through the eyes of a woman. Mm-hmm. Which so. is great. And a lot of men need to learn from example, really from my experience, what I've seen is that men will learn from example, whether it's good or bad, or yes. they have to learn from setting their own example. And a lot of the times uh, men who maybe don't have a very good prominent male figure in their life, they're figuring it out as they go along. And then they basically have to learn in retrospect. They have to look back at the mistakes that they made in their life, obviously too late to fix those mistakes, and then maybe hopefully hand that down. And I feel like too, not often enough, those lessons aren't handed down effectively. And yes. something like this, a book like this, I'm excited to read this. And I definitely am going to provide this to a few different people that I know ask for advice from me. I have some friends who, you know, I'm very open about the mistakes that I've made in my life and the things that I do as a father. I am, I'm a father of an only child, a boy. So I'm very vocal of the things that I've made as mistakes. And as I can continue to even make mistakes, the things that I have learned that work and do not, because I didn't have that male figure in my life. And it's, a very valuable lesson. So I know that there are men, even in my life that would take value from this. And I'm excited to read it myself because I haven't had that. It's going to be very interesting to read from a woman's perspective about the things that you have seen and learned from these men who are coming to you and saying, how can I live a more fulfilling life? What is it that I can get? Because I think at the crossroads, like where you and your husband were at, it ended there for them instead of getting better. So they had the failed relationships that they didn't have the opportunity to try and fix and get that fulfillment out of. It's a very yeah. fulfilling thing to know you're at the brink and then you've moved past it. And it ended for a lot of those men and they have all the money in the they can buy all the things in the world, except for the things you cannot buy, which is those successful relationships. So it's great to hear what some of those men may have been lacking and what it is that you've Given them as advice in their lives to shift those those perspectives. Yeah, it, thank you. Just, you know, firstly, I want to acknowledge the fact that your boy chose the most incredible father, right? <laughs> thank you. Because it takes courage for a man to say, I made a mistake and this is what I learned, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to put aside your ego to do that. Yep. Yeah, 
And so he's very blessed to have you as a leader and a role model. And that's my desire. And that's the reason for the book. That's my desire that you're right. So many men have not had great male role models. They've had fantastic mothers raising them mm -hmm. because the divorce rate is so high, right. right? They have fantastic mothers. So this is honoring the mothers. And it's impossible for a woman to be a great role model for a man. It is. It's just impossible. And so that's why when I write this book, it's, it's, and when I wrote it, I was very mindful to be honorable to men and not tell them what to do, but simply offer something that has worked, right? An invitation. Because what happens is when we as women, try and fix men, it ends in disaster yeah. because what that says to that man is that he's not capable of fixing himself, mm -hmm. right? So it ends in dishonor and disrespect. So my desire is that through this book, men will feel empowered in their power to lead other men and mm -hmm. their children, right? Because my mission is, you know those beautiful old couples that you see in their 90s that are cuddling and kissing and so affectionate and they're holding hands and they're dead cute with each other and you notice them because they're not the norm. Right. I want that to be the norm. Yeah. Right? So that our children have role models because we know that the statistics is 50% of marriages end in divorce. Now, I'm not against divorce. I'm not any of that. What I'm saying is that what we don't realize is it's not spoken of very often is that of the 50% that got divorced, 70% of them said that if they had the right tools, the strategies, they could have saved their marriage. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things that's so common in all the clients I work with is they always say, Dimple, had I met you 10, 15 years ago, I'd still be with the mother of my children. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the, the, the avenues that I use is um, because I work with entrepreneurs is very fast results. Like entrepreneurs want fast pass. They don't want to be counseled and therapy for years and years and years. You know, I've been there. I've done that. It didn't work for me. I'm not knocking therapy, just talk therapy just for me embodies embeds this problem even more. Mm -hmm. So there's four pillars that I work with is very much around, I work on relationship with strategy and spirit. So I use theta healing and my own energy modality. I use um, NLP and I use the cognitive behavioral therapy. So we work on alignment, manifestation, energy. Um, and that's how I get results fast, honestly. I'm not, you know, blowing my own trumpet. I'm just saying it as it is. Like people have said to me in three sessions, what we achieve with you, Dimple, is equivalent to what we haven't achieved in three years of therapy. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I offer a no bullshit approach. Like this is, what's the problem? Let's see it as it is and let's find the solution as quick as possible. And let's move on. <laughs> Next. <laughs> and I think that's one of the most important things to look for in a coach. I've said that many, many times. And even when people have come to me for coaching, yeah. there's some people who it's just not a match for. And I've had to like maybe refer them to someone else. But 
if you're in the game to just constantly be selling yourself to people to keep a customer, then you're yeah. not a good coach. If someone has to go to you constantly and keep shelling out money month after month, year after year, then there's obviously something wrong with either that relationship or that particular coach. Mm. It's the quick results. I mean, really, you want to move past that problem so that you can excel and, and move forward. Yes. Your, your life should look uh, like a continuous sort of stock market upward trend, a very bullish trend. And it has slight little dips, but it's constantly just moving upward. And some people are, I guess, maybe addicted to the opposite trend where it goes up and then just crashes. And that's when they keep on looking for those coaches to go back to them. But it's interesting to hear that, you know, the people that you're coaching are looking for those, you know, those quick results. And it's obviously a successful relationship that you have going with these people because you give them the results that they need very quickly. And I know definitely we're, we're going to have to wrap up soon, but I'm definitely going to have you back on future episodes because I do want to dive a whole lot deeper. And I know we could go for another hour or two on some of those techniques that you use, because we talk a lot about manifestation on the show. We talk a lot about positive thinking and getting yourself in that mindset all the way down to the quantum physics of things that fascinates me. I'm huge into understanding so much more about it, but some of the greatest minds who speak about quantum physics say, if you think you understand quantum physics then you don't understand quantum physics, so you never will, <laughs> but the conversations that lead to a better understanding is what helps you realize how the reality around us works and how you can work with the rules of how this reality is built. Just like you work against the, the rules of gravity by manipulating, you know, airflow around a craft to make it fly. So you can do the same yeah. thing with all of these other tools that you're talking about. So we'll definitely have to jump on another episode to, to dive deep into those. Cause I really want to hear a lot of the knowledge that you have on some of those things. Thank you. It's been an absolute gift, honestly. What a privilege. Thank you so much, Heath, for this time and for your work in, you know, spreading people's message. It's people like you that help me get my message across. So I'm super grateful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you today. I'm appreciative of all of the work that you do and sharing your story because it does take a level of courage to share such a very deep, intimate story about yourself. People don't like to quote unquote, air their dirty laundry. You know, people don't, if they have issues within the relationships, they don't want it out there in the public, but I've, I've really adopted the mindset that you can help a lot of people and even help yourself by sharing some of those things about what you've gone through, express what you've learned about them and hopefully give that knowledge to somebody else. So maybe they don't have to go through the experience. Maybe they can learn from your experience on what yes. worked and what didn't. 100%. And, you know, I, it's interesting. I had a conversation just with a client, a couple that I've been working with now for, gosh, it must be 18 months now. And we have something called a celebration call that I do with, with my clients from period time to time. Right. And this guy is, a, is such a private man, exactly what you're saying. So private, didn't want to air his dirty laundry anywhere, right? He was like, and the celebration calls, they allow me to use as well on my social media, right? And he was like, I can't wait for our celebration call. I want to tell the whole thing of how I went from really inwards to actually 
so proud to share this information because I know it's going to help somebody else, right? I know that somebody else will not have to go through what I went through because I'm sharing this now. This is a really reserved guy. He's in his like 50s, healed his marriage after 25 years. And he was like, I was actually blown away with how excited he was to air his dirty laundry because he'd come on the other side, right? And for that reason that you just said, because you never know, I call it the ripple effect. You drop that pebble and you just never know who's going to be impacted with the ripple. Yes. Right? The magic. I get so many messages back from people saying, Dimple, your story saved my marriage. That's it. Work's done. Job yeah. done. Right? <laughs> it takes one person. It takes one person to hear that kind of a reaction. It's like, okay, if I never help another person with the efforts exactly. of the things that I do, then I can die a very happy person. It was worth it. It was worth it. Right. Right? So... So Dibble, how can people find you? Where can they find you? And where can they find your book on November 19th? So the book will be available in Amazon, Amazon UK and America and Australia as well. I think India, but definitely um, Amazon. And um, my website is simply, it's dimpleglobal.com. That's it, so global. (laughs) And are you on any social media outlets as oh, well? Yes, of course, of course. Yes, thank you. Um, so Instagram is my name, Dimple Thakra. So it's Dimple, D-I-M-P-L-E. Thakra is T-H-A-K-R-A-R. There's only one of me. So, and that's my handle for Facebook. It's for LinkedIn. It's it's just my name. There is the one and only Dimple. The one and only. <laughs> and you're on Clubhouse. So definitely have to hook up yes. with you on Clubhouse. I've got to get more active on there. I've been very busy on every front, but uh, I know the conversations that I've been in some of the rooms that you've been in have been fantastic. And definitely once I hit stop on the the recording here, let's talk a little bit about wisdom because I think you could have some amazing conversations on there. I think you and I could dive into some stuff on some of those live episodes. So 100%. Oh, Clubhouse as well. Just to say, if you want to, every week on a Sunday at 2 p.m., UK time. Um, I run a room, 2 p.m. UK time. It's uh, I'm a co-mod and the room is all about this. It's called Man Enough and it's all about conversations that it's about a place where men can speak their truth and women can understand what, you know, if you want to understand more about men, come to that room. It's incredible. The conversations. So And I'll put the link to all of the things that Dimples mentioned in the show notes of this episode, as well as the mention of that clubhouse room, because I'm going to have to check that one out too. I think I may have been in there once, but I've got to put that on my calendar so I can check that one out. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm looking forward to our next conversation on here. This definitely will not be the one time that you hear Dimple on Live This Life. So thank you so much for joining us. God bless. Thank you. A huge thanks to Dimple for stopping by the show. 
definitely looking forward to some future conversations with her so we can dive into all of the knowledge of the many different subjects that she is an expert on. And to check out everything she has going on, you can find her across all social media platforms and at dimpleglobal.com. Also, be sure to check out her book that premieres on November 19th, 2021. You can find it on Amazon. It's called The Roadmap to Purpose, a guide for men who, quote, have it all. And help her reach bestseller status by trying to get the book on the day that it's released. People like her really deserve to be on the top of the charts, the front of the crowd. And I wish her the best of luck with all of the new ventures that she has going on. And if you're interested in being on the show, please reach out. You can reach me at connect at livethislife.org. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T at livethislife.org. You can also schedule a time to chat for a concept on an episode. You can book those times through the podcast Calendly page. That's calendly.com forward slash live this life. Thanks for listening, everyone. Keep living.